Just our voices, that's all. Everywhere a concert hall. Voices, that's all. Lullaby and call. Voices, that's all. Chumbawamba. I flexed my voice, and tonight, as I write this, I'm listening to it echo into the halls of history. Tuesday night is typically when I sit down and write my script for the next week's ep, but with the election happening in real time, I can't really focus. I just have a few things I would like to say while all of this is happening. First of all, I was not expecting a landslide victory, but I wasn't expecting it to be this close. I am very disappointed in the people of this country. I still hold out hope, and I believe that Biden will win, but why you gotta make me worry? And lastly, before I start for real real, I want it to be known that any person who spoke against the BLM movement, who then goes out there to protest, I hope every bad thing you ever wished upon those people will befall you for your own hypocrisy. Real intro time. To be completely transparent, I wrote something here on Tuesday that I just couldn't stand. I was too distracted and nervous and dove too deep into the paint on election night. And even though it's Thursday now and we still don't have a clear winner, I'm still confident in my original prediction. I just ate a bunch of delicious noodles after concluding a therapy session that made me feel like hot garbage, so I'm amped up on negative vibes and carbs and need to write something somewhere. So hello, I'm Chris Curry and I'm really going to phone this one in. Alright, take three. Well, it's Friday now. Last night I got really viciously into my own head and wrote a bunch of stuff that is not what I would call pod-friendly. I did write a delightful segment that I think I will keep. I'll just tuck it away after the outro. I decided to keep the previous two intros because I feel it illustrates exactly the roller coaster ride I've been on this past week. High anxiety and stress blending with a constant feed of stupidity while just hoping for the best. I've outlined this episode to be more laid back, a fun roller coaster style story just to try to get my brain off the nonsense. So for reals this time, please enjoy. Music is a type of lifeblood for me. I grew up with a shoebox of cassette tapes that had belonged to my parents that I would play on a AA battery-powered Sony Walkman that used to be my grandmother's. I connected these two components directly to my head via a thin wire that led to the foam and plastic headphones that were held together with electrical tape. I could climb a tree and take a nap while exploring a world of jams. I would frequently request blank tapes that I could use to record snips and bits from the radio. Mixes that would often include snippets of my friends and I just goofing off and recording ourselves being children. I wore some of those tapes so thin, the last time I dug them out, the audio of some of my favorite songs had become distorted. As I got older, I threw the cassettes back in the shoebox and dug into my parents' CD collection. A wide, black boombox that needed a heavy rock to hold down the CD tray evolved my taste and ability to enjoy music. While I couldn't build my own mixes like I used to, I could consume music faster thanks to the lack of a rewind button. Eventually, I got my own portable CD player and could keep a sleeve of my choices albums with me all day. An update to the family computer allowed me to burn my own CDs, and then the game was on. I spent a full weekend ripping every song off of every CD in the entire house. I carefully labeled each album and track as they came in, and this proto-collection was the foundation on which I began my digital library. There was a sweet period of time where a number of people in my life would bring me whole discs chock full of mp3s. I could turn on the computer, boot up whatever player I was using at the time, and just hit play and listen uninterrupted until somebody else wanted to go at the PC. I believe it was the magic year of 2002 when I first found a visualizer plugin that doubled as a screensaver. Whenever the computer went to sleep, the vibrant waves of sound on CRT would dance. I could just sit down in the living room, turn on a playlist, kick on the visualizer and read or write or work on any manner of art project. 
The constant shuffle and shake of color would catch my attention from time to time, but mostly it was there to just distract from the background that was internet access. When I got my own computer for my bedroom, I would dim the monitor and leave the visualizer running at night, casting a shifting background wash across my ceiling. It was like watching the ghost of light reflecting off of water and would help me drift away. In my first apartment, on the long nights alone, I would use the visualizer on the PlayStation while filling my own space with music. I'd take my laptop to parties and could queue up lists and requests, all while leaving the vibrating pixels facing the crowd. I could drink myself into a stupor and just watch music until it was time to go home. With the current evolution of music convenience, my player usually sits in my pocket as it blasts my jams wirelessly into my ears. No screen necessary, but that's okay. You see, I had an experience about a decade ago where I have a hard time looking at the rhythmic thrum of a classic visualizer. I was depressed and in the height of my try-anything phase. I was in a city on the west coast, in a garage that had been converted into a comfy hangout space, complete with a projector whose sole purpose was to turn the whole environment into a visualizer. While there, I had developed a penchant for a particular perennial that would peel me back and away from the usual persistent state of mind. While imbibing in this plant, in this garage, in this time, I watched as the violently shaking lines of the visualizer spread across the walls and onto the floor and onto me. When we got up to venture forth for food and additional parties, my brain took the vibrations of light with me. My own eyes projected the music onto my environment. From the trees to the buildings and up to the very sky that hung above, everything danced. And when you're the only thing in the world not dancing, it feels like you can't breathe. Now when I see the horizontal line begin to wiggle and wave, I feel a sliver in my chest. Just the smallest fishing line still attached to that past anxiety. As the music tugs on the screen, it tugs on me as well. Try anything twice, but please do so responsibly. Now I just stick with the pre-prescribed visuals that artists pair with their music in one of my favorite art forms, the aptly titled Music Video. Infrequently, but memorably enough, my parents would turn the TV into a platform that just shot these music videos out into the house. Through the early days of MTV and VH1, plus a variety of others kept on VHS, I have been consuming music in all of its varieties for as long as I can remember. I recall being captivated by the oddities of particular videos, such as escape clubs floating limbs and instruments featured in their video for Wild Wild West, or the end of Michael Jackson's Remember the Time, where he dissolves into sand and flies away. I became truly obsessed with the art form in my late teens when I began collecting the videos I found online. My dad and I would download a few new ones from various sites in the days before YouTube and share them with one another. Videos from The White Stripes, Bjork, and Daft Punk brought a whimsical absurdity and visual splendor to the already beloved music. It was during a family outing when we spotted a collection of music videos on DVD, all by the same artist. All of our favorite videos, it turns out, had been made by the same human, Michel Gondry, a name we actually already knew thanks to his film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. We purchased the DVD and dove into his works with a fervor. The passion and practice of this artist taught me a love of the craft and brought with it a new and profound respect for the art. Since that day, I have scoured the internet for music videos of all kinds. Just take them in and experience the collaborations between all of the artists involved in each piece. I've discovered some amazing bands by finding equally amazing music videos, and I've been especially pleased when my favorite musical artists produce astounding videos. 
back in the days before eternal seclusion, when you could sit in a living room with a few friends and all look at the same television, share a few beverages, and do a thing that people used to call party, I could gather a group of friends and share in my collection. We could cruise through a particular artist, or genre, or mood, and just absorb the sights and sounds. I miss those times, but I still grow my collection in hopes that one day I can share it once more. Until then, I'll keep my eyes peeled for some new or hidden gems. Thanks for tuning in this week. Sorry about the wild intro and the rambling chunk about music, drugs, and parties. But also not sorry, because that's my life. That's who I am, and if you're still listening, it means that you care, at least a little bit, about what drives this brain to its weird places. By the way, I'm going to write down the names of some of my favorite music videos in the description of this ep, in case you're curious. Other than that, things are moving steadily forward, all quiet on the homeward front. I guess we might know who our president is by the time this comes out, but if we don't, then sorry. That's the very turbulent subject that sent my brain on a crazy detour to this and that. In fact, a part of my distressed rambling is how I'm going to end this episode, so please enjoy. With my new computer ready to rock and roll, I've decided to get back into the wonderful world of MMOs. Mostly, I want it to socialize with my friends who I have otherwise been out of contact with. In my head, it seems like the perfect blend of social distancing and socializing that these modern times are calling for, but I'll let you know what the results are when I finally boot it up. Historically, I've used this genre of game to both hang out with my real-life friends and make new buddies. I've already told my Wonder Nugget story, but let me tell you about my cowboy homies. In the world of Final Fantasy, you and your friends can pool your resources and purchase a place to hang out, a guild house if you will. These houses are situated in a variety of locations across the virtual world, some in deep forests, some on beautiful beachfronts, and some in the high mountains. My brother Kyle, being the leader of our guild, chose a perfect location for us, a large corner property at the lake edge of a forest flanked by waterfalls. He chose it for its proximity to water and for the beautiful scenery. We got to choose the size and shape of our house. We chose how to furnish the property both inside and out. Really, the only thing we didn't choose was our neighbors. Our first gathering of all the members at the new house had us spending hours on the water. We floated and splashed and just relaxed and hung out in the digital sun. That's when our neighbors spotted us. They walked up to the shoreline and waved. Three gents in cowboy attire. A quick button press later, and their clothes transformed from dusters to speedos. Of course, they still had their hats and boots on when they jumped in and joined us. We laughed and introduced ourselves, and spent another long stretch just floating with the cowboys. Since then, we've gotten their help on building furniture and airships from a cowboy with a monocle. We've gone on group quests with cowboys wielding the typical guns and the less typical magic wands, and even given the speedo-clad cowboys advice on how to play the markets. And while this week marks my first login for several months, last I checked they were still our neighbors. And if you ever feel the desire to hang out with me or the cowboys digitally, just shoot me a howdy.